Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode three of Flow. I'm Seth. I'm here again with Max. What up? And today we have special guest, Mr. League champ, Shane. Bill. Bill has. Shut up, Max. (laughs) Welcome to the pod, Shane. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Jordan from Comcast. (laughs) Dag Nabbit, nice to meet you. (laughs) All right. Um... So we'll dive in with the hot button topic from an hour ago. Really from like eight hours ago. Yeah, really eight hours ago. Max was just at his parents' house and so left me hanging. (laughs) I was so worried that Wentz was going to get traded during the day and Max was just going to be like, you know what? Never mind. No, I was. I thought about it as like we were at the grocery store. I was like, what if the trade goes through now? I was like, I can't just like amend it now. That'd be such a dick move. So I was like, I was committed to staying with it, how it was agreed upon, no matter what. But yeah, wait, I have I have strong opinions about this that I don't what? think everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty I sure hope- I sh- I shared this in the group me at one point, either this year or last year. In case somebody missed it, uh, it was Max giving me Jalen Hurts for Mecole Hardman and uh, the 2021 uh, 108 pick. Okay, back to Shane's thoughts. Um, I think I, I don't remember who it was. At least one person, if not more, disagreed with me. Shocker! But uh, <laughs> if a trade is agreed upon via text uh-huh. but not executed, uh-huh. it's like if you go back on it, you're scum of the earth to me. Yeah, we so. we got into we got into heated argument. I was on your side on this. I remember there was like a heated exchange going on in the group me about this. But I'm, I know that was in my head. I wasn't going to change. That was my. one of those things I thought that for like the owners meeting this year, that might be something we make just like an explicit rule, just so that I don't have to deal with people arguing and complaining to me. Why you don't like that? The point of the league rules is to make my life easy. <laughs> That's the way I see it. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, so we can dive into it. Yeah, if you want. so I guess I already know. I like I like it, obviously. Yeah, I like I'm it. still I'm still iffy. Uh, <laughs> I had initially thrown Max an offer of just the pick, um, which even that I felt kind of iffy on. That was like a month or two ago, I think. Yeah, it was literally the moment. Like It was like two minutes after I actually put him on the block. You texted. Oh, yeah, that's right. Obviously, it's a gamble on my part. Um, I think it works out okay if Wentz gets traded. I just need to get past the draft, and I don't think the Eagles will draft a quarterback at 106 um, after Hurts barely having any time to play. And I think they have way more needs than it would be to try to – like a quarterback – I don't think them drafting a quarterback at 106 this year gets them all that far. And so I don't see them doing it. They have more needs than that. But like what was interesting – when I was thinking about it from my part and why the 108 didn't really like straight up and appeal to me is I mentioned this to you when we were talking earlier um, is now like we've only had, and I correct me if I'm wrong since we switched to two QB, like, uh, I guess we've had like two, but like for at least a pick, we've had like one QB trade that was like straight up for a pick. And that was a Bridgewater deal. Right. Yeah, I think so. Didn't, Jamie, someone traded Derek Carr. I forget who it was. It was uh, Aaron to Eric, and I can't remember. That's why. That's why I'm like saying, like, I don't know, like, pick hey, wise. Let's, it was, let's pull up it, the sleeper app. 
Yeah, let me because see. Because the website's trash. <laughs> the website is kind of trash, actually. Yeah, it's definitely designed to be an app. Not they're supposed to be fixing website. it in April, I think. They put out like a schedule, and I think April was their time frame to do a to have release their revamped website. I don't even know how to look at a history on the website. Yeah, I don't. Because, I mean, it's just taking you to, like, the new league year. So, like, you oh, don't, I yeah, don't I think if you go to settings, I think you can, yeah, previous leagues. Previous At least leagues on, like, the settings. web, you can't see. Uh, I like this content we have right now, which is literally just us all looking at our phones trying to figure out. Look. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at my computer. <laughs> this is good content. Okay, so Aaron <laughs> gave me a first-round pick in 2022 for Teddy Bridgewater. Right, and... So to me, with like base where he finished this year, and if his team keeps going, that like where it, I think most people would project it to, that ends up being like a late first, most likely next year. If you like somewhere in that range, I would consider. Mm-hmm. And the Bridgewater experiment is not panning out well um, in real life and in fantasy. So having that benchmark made it interesting for me because like all the hype around Hertz and everything, I feel like most people like rankings wise or just overall preference would prefer Hertz over him in that spot, which makes me think you'd have a little more value just in that like one-to-one comparison. But um, so uh, here's what I'll say. I think, I mean, take out like, take out opinions, take out your opinion entirely of the player hey (laughs) get out (laughs) come back in later this is the nature of two qb league now Mm -hmm. right anyone that has any amount of promise as a quarterback is going to cost a lot they're going to cost a first round pick most likely yeah and it's in this case it's very risky in a lot of cases it's probably going to be risky but that's what happens, you know, when we moved to a two quarterback league, we wanted to emphasize the value of that position more. And now we're seeing it. This is what happens now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So. I think for me, it was more trying to figure out if I would want to have potentially starter hurts, like the gamble of if hurts is starting for the Eagles next year or the quarterback that'd probably be there at 108. Cause I don't think every single quarterback in this draft is going to go before 108. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's a, a good point. Um, you know, at, so what, where did Herbert go? He went 206 or something, right? Yeah, and then I traded him away for a great trade. Okay. If we want to talk about but trade that, <laughs> But like late round QBs, they're not going to be they're not going to be Justin Herbert every time, right? Sure. You're the the fantasy producers are probably going to be drafted in the top 5 or 6 picks most years. So you get to, like you said, 1.08. You're looking at the maybe third, probably fourth, maybe even fifth QB off the board, potentially, depending on what the year looks like. And you're comparing that to Hertz. And like in either scenario for your specific team, Seth, like you're not you're not going to be winning with whoever you get in that either at 1.08 or with Hertz. And so, you know, your evaluation was that Hertz is a higher upside play, which I don't think is wrong. I, I said it in the group me, I think it's a very risky trade. It's either going to be, it's going to work out extremely well for you because Wentz is going to get traded and Hertz is going to get his opportunity or Wentz isn't going to get traded and, and Hertz is probably going to fall away to a backup for a while. So yeah. 
one thing that I think makes it also tough to compare it to the Herbert situation, and I was just talking about this with Seth before we started, is I think this QB class is way deeper than last year. Um, I think, I mean, like Herbert, like in the real life draft was like a top 10 pick or something. And he went and like, again, that this could just be like us transitioning to the two QB league, but like this year you have uh, Lawrence Fields, Wilson, Jones, um, uh, North Dakota state dude, Lance, uh, mm-hmm. Trask, Mac Jones, even who Mac Jones, yeah. like there's like five or there's at least like five or six guys that are going to be like, and pretty decent spots to start or like get playing time or like they're going to get high draft capital. And like last year, like even a guy like Hertz wasn't until like, that was a weird circumstance. Maybe I can't use that, but like, I just don't think like the talent comparison last year was the same, but yeah, I mean, Herbert's a different case. Like not every rookie is going to come in and break QB records. In their first and everybody year. thought Herbert was going to be like a Josh Allen type project, which I think moved him down at least fantasy type boards. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think there's going to be, I, I think it's going to be one of those drafts, no matter where you're picking in the first round, you're going to get a steal, honestly. Like, I think there's so much deep talent there. I think that's going to be the case for every draft forever now because yeah. we've increased the amount of defensive player spots. We've increased quarterback position starter position so like there's more value to be had in the end of the first middle second to fill out your roster and get like starter worthy people yeah or at least flex worthy people yeah this is actually a perfect natural transition into one of the topics we want to cover today (laughs) which was rule changes and how that's going to affect the league uh (laughs) so we've definitely already touched on the two big ones which was swap two quarterback and the extra defense um. Yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of talked over the two quarterback and really how that's going to do a lot. Um, what are you guys- I want to talk about – sorry, sorry to yeah, cut sure you off, but I want to talk about your opinions on how the first year has gone with the changes. Yeah, actually, that's what I was about to get into. I'm a fan of both. Um, oh, yeah. I think two quarterback – the thing for me, right, is it's a kind of a weird way to think about it, but I th- the way I view Dynasty is you want to mimic the NFL. And the thing that's hard to do is mimic – quarterback's value in the NFL and one quarterback fantasy. Um, and so I think unless you have like a fantasy team, fantasy league, that's like 20 teams or something ridiculous where over half the quarterbacks are used in one quarterback. Um, so I think two quarterback, even though it's obviously not mimicking NFL, you at least increase the value of quarterbacks to be that. Um, Cause it's weird to have, in my opinion, it's weird to like throw in quarterbacks as filler and trades and fantasy when they're so much more important to the real game. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I like two quarterback, I think just from like a, a visual perspective, as opposed to just blowing up quarterback scoring until it just looks absurd. <laughs> um, just cause like then, I don't know. I, I just think it looks dumb. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but at least for two quarterback, I'm a big fan. I think like two, like we have, we could pro- it'd be a lot more valuable if we had 12 teams. And I think with 10 teams, it's like, we're like teetering in that like sweet spot too. I mean, you saw like the frenzy that was going on this year with people trying to pick up like 
freaking Mike Glennon or something like a week ahead before like the starters announced for that week or something. Like there's like people like T.O. who got the short end of the stick and couldn't find a quarterback for a fill-in week. <laughs> um, so like, I mean, the urgency is there and the need is there. And like, you got some people like, I think no one is rostering more quarterbacks than Shane or myself at any point this year. Um, but yeah, I like the added stress on it. And I think like we're starting to see the value of like, at least it has in like trade negotiations too. Yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it's worked out so far. And um, looking back, I definitely was concerned. Uh, I was for a while definitely against this change. I mean, I think I, I don't think I really was on board with this change until relatively close to the time we actually decided to make this change. Um, and I think it's worked out pretty well. And it's definitely not been how I thought it was going to be. I was I was pretty adamant that the best two QBs were going to decide matchups. And I actually tracked it initially in the beginning of the year because I believe that a lot. Yeah, I think I mean, the first you couple... Prove your point and prove that you were right. That's fair. So, you know, I I, have to, I don't have the I don't remember specifically, but I want to say the first week, two of the five matchups were decided by the better QB pair, and the second week may have been another. It was either at least one, it might have been two again as well, and then I kind of lost time and stopped tracking. Um, but I part of it was because I don't think it was as significant throughout the year as I thought it was going to be. And I think it was because of the change we made on defense because there were definitely matchups that I were, was looking at where people didn't have the best quarterback play, but their defense blew up and really balanced things out. Yeah. I think defense is definitely the biggest winner of all this. I mean, like even like, like your team, for example, Shane, like, I mean, for the majority of the year, especially the especially the first half, I, this is this is a compliment. Um, uh, Kyler was like blowing up, like he was on his way to be MVP and everything. And then Kirk Cousins was just meddling in between being Kirk Cousins, wasn't really doing much. So like, if if we were starting one quarterback, you would have been set with Kyler. Like Cousins wasn't giving you that much added value, but your linebackers were just like studs the whole way through. So, like, I mean, Devin White blew up. Leonard was Leonard, and Fred Warner was doing his thing. So, like, I mean, you got those guys carrying you, like, 15 to 20 points a week. That's a huge, a much bigger swing than, like, a meddling, like, QB2 and, like, a good QB1. So, like, if you, like, those linebackers are huge for point difference. Yeah, I think um, I think the defense is, like, inarguably a good move. Uh, I really like how it opens up the strategy. Like as much as Eric hated me calling him the Chicago bears of the league, like (laughs) I really enjoy how you can now craft a team. That's like defense defense led Uh, because like, you can't do that definitely in team defense. And I think we were still missing that a bit in the, in the two defensive players per position, but it really feels like now it's like a viable strategy to try to build your team through defense and like, just not supplement with offensive players, but you don't need to like, you're not hamstrung. If you don't have like two or three of the top 10 guys in every position, you can add, there are another Avenue. Um, mm-hmm. 
And definitely too, I agree with you, Shane, that adding those three defensive players just adds more players. And so that waters down just like the percentage of points that the quarterbacks can provide to the team, which definitely balances out some of the two quarterback thing. Like when you were saying there was only two out of the five teams that were decided by quarterback, I was actually kind of surprised that was lower than I was expecting it to be. Um, yeah. It was, uh, I know the first two weeks, both of my matches actually were decided by the quarterback pairs. And I think, uh, or maybe it wasn't the first two weeks. It was maybe like the first and third week or something, but I, I looked at it and my quarterbacks outplayed the other person's quarterbacks by, you know, 10 or 15 points. And that was really like the difference in the matchup. But yeah, I think the defense really ultimately balanced everything out throughout the year. Yeah. Um, So the other big, I guess it's not really like a rule change. It was more a way to bring two quarterback and the extra defensive players into the fold uh, was the partial redraft. Um, And really, I just wanted to get your guys, because there was a ton of discussion leading up to, do we redraft at all when we try to do this? Do we do a full redraft um, or do we do the partial? And then, of course, there's all the different ways to do a partial redraft. Um, so kind of taking out the no redraft, because I think we kind of ended on you have to do some kind of redraft if you're going to go to two quarterback. Uh, looking back on it, are you happy with doing the partial redraft strat or would you have rather done like the full all-in kind of redraft? Or just what's your perspective on how we decided to do it? Well, I mean, I think Shane's happy that we did the partial for sure. <laughs> I don't think he can, he can say that he wouldn't be happy about it. Like, <laughs> Wait, can we oh. swear on this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Fuck no. there's like maybe six lessons for Fuck each one. No. So Fuck no. Um, I I am glad. I mean, I I like I. Like we went back and forth about so much, but like ultimately, I don't know how you satisfy both sides without like that part of it. Because like, I mean, we had like like the core few of like all of us who have been at, at the beginning and invested like for all these like some of these guys like so much that you just like I feel like you just be blowing it up for a chance of hoping like everything stays together again. So like I, I don't know, it just didn't seem to make more sense to me. And like I think the way we ended up doing it um, worked out pretty well. I mean, there is still some absolute steals you can get through the partial too. So I don't think it was just like slim pickings either. Like, I mean, I completely missed it and wished I didn't, but Devin White was a redraft guy. Um, oh, was it really? Yeah. I, I, was, yeah. <laughs> I was shocked when I saw his name come up. I was like, holy shit, somebody didn't keep him. Like, I mean, and like luckily – I missed out on him, but luckily I put TJ Watt out there and it was end up able to get him back. So that was scared the shit out of me at first. Yeah, kind of on the <laughs> linebacker train. I mean, the only reason I have Roquan Smith is because Aaron didn't want to keep him. And so I got him for like a fourth round pick or something. Yeah. Like, like there was, there was a lot of good finds in there. Um, so like, I, I am glad we did it. It was, it was nice. It was refreshing just for the change for sure. But like, I think it gave people a way to like, who weren't a part of it from the beginning to have some like own investment of it now moving forward. Yeah. I, I'm like, I'm on the fence of how I feel. So like personally, yeah, like it worked out for me. Um, I don't think it really was a result of the partial redraft for the most part. You know, I had, I picked up white, uh, from it, but I already had Leonard and Warner prior to it that I kept. 
And I picked up Brown, who was doing really well uh, in the first half of the year, but then he got injured and was out the rest of the season. Um, but outside of that, I think most of the guys that really performed for me, I either drafted in the rookie draft, like Chin, or I already had them. Um, and speaking to who made it to the playoffs, like it still was more or less the same teams. And I don't remember what specifically we landed on saying like the purpose of the redraft was, I'm not sure if it was to give people more ownership of their team or have a feeling of more ownership, or if it was to try and redistribute value. Cause I'm still not sure we really redistributed value a ton. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it's only one year. There's so much that can still happen. Yeah. One yeah. I think the, year. I think the biggest thing was that not necessarily redistribute value for the whole team, but it was more to redistribute the value of the quarterbacks. Cause with it being one quarterback, there were definitely teams that had like one, maybe two. And there were other teams that had like five or six. And so it, it gave everybody a chance to like get two that were relatively solid. I think that was the biggest thing. Did we um, put a limit on quarterbacks? Yes. Uh, we could only keep two. Yeah, okay. we did. Okay. That was the that was the big thing, I think. Gotcha. Because, um, like, I'm trying to remember, like, Jordan was the guy that had, at one time, it was, like, Wentz, Watson, and at least one or two other guys, like, way back when we were on MFL, and I think he kept them forever. Yeah. Um, and he ended up with guys, well, before this year, uh, with Wentz, uh, guys that were, like, all top 10, top 12. And there were some other people that were the same kind of way. And then you had other guys that had like one guy and then a rookie that was maybe there or a backup or something. And so I don't, I don't think necessarily the reason was to redistribute the whole teams, but I do, I think it got closer. Um, like, I don't think this is totally just by feel, I guess. Um, I feel like at least not necessarily for like the top two being Shane and, uh, Thomas, but for the field, it felt a lot closer in terms of who made it to the playoffs. Like I think we came down to like the last week for deciding playoff positions, which I think we'd been kind of trending away from. Um, like I feel like the last couple seasons, especially, it was kind of like the top four or five guys were pretty set. Like everybody was like Shane, Thomas, Max, me. Before I decided to blow it up, we're like, yep, those four are locked in. Let's see who gets five or six and then loses first round. <laughs> <laughs> So I think I think from that perspective, it did redistribute some of that stuff. Um, obviously, with like the top two guys, um, especially like I mean you, just because you had top to bottom a really good team, and then since switching to two quarterback Thomas with uh, Rogers and the Chiefs offense, like yeah, what a freaking pair! <laughs> Dude, yeah, there was like there's only so much you could do to bring you guys back <laughs> um, without <laughs> doing a full redraft. So I think I think it kind of worked out as much as it could have. Yeah. And this year, I think this year will really be telling. Yeah. Yeah. That, what that, happens. This is, it was, it was like quite the year to transition all these changes to, because like no circumstances about the league was normal this year too. Like, yeah. It like, there's like, even the rookie play, like was crazy, especially for guys who got no camp and, all those other circumstances they had to fight through too. So like, like teams weren't really getting full swing until like almost halfway through the year. Mm -hmm. So like it's, 
yeah, it'll, I think another year or two will be very telling of how effective the redraft was. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I mean, like we still had new guys. Like I know Michael was really trying to get his legs under him. Yeah. Um, and so I think just the extra year or two as he grows as a dynasty owner will oh. help out Grow up from, so a, fast. from a little boy to a, <laughs> to a big dynasty man. <laughs> um, all right. So I think that's kind of like the only two couple big rule changes we had this year. Hopefully there's yeah. nothing major coming up next year. Do uh, we decide? Are we, I forget where we landed with the uh, last place punishment. Uh, We're not doing think, it this year. Yeah, we left it okay. up to the discretion, uh, mostly just because um, we're still in the pandemic, and so yeah. man, who knows I, when that'll end. And Waffle House already isn't the cleanest place, so I can only imagine <laughs> Waffle House during the pandemic. <laughs> I can't and also, wait. I feel I like Waffle House it. staff will just get mad if in the middle of the pandemic. You're like, I'm just not leaving. So <laughs> I think it makes the most sense to not do it for this yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, but um, think of think of the story for your kids oh someday. You could be like, I survived the Waffle House challenge during the coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> that would be something. My immune <laughs> system is impenetrable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I man, I can we get everyone to like chip in on like a GoPro for this person to wear during like their like <laughs> the their challenge? GoPro. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Honestly, I just kind of figured like if I had to do it, I was just going to take like my laptop and so I could just leave a webcam up <laughs> and I have very low resolution on the Waffle House Wi-Fi stream myself sitting there. <laughs> Ooh, it, it was Michael, right? He lost? I think. Well, that was the other thing too is we didn't decide going into the season if it was based off like standing or potential point standing or did. like last place in the... Toilet. Yeah, I, th- I think we. I thought we decided that was like the loser bracket tournament. Uh, like dra- we, we did. It's just I don't know. I felt kind of like I think we decided that like at the first round of it. Oh, um, gotcha. And I wasn't a huge fan of that because like I pulled <laughs> according to the rules, which is legal. Uh, I was definitely playing not necessarily the spirit of the rules, but like as soon as my draft position was locked in, I took all my guys off taxi squad and threw them in so I could avoid the last place punishment. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my! So like, I ex- I totally yeah. took advantage of the rules, but like that's why I kind of thought it should be the last place in the standings at the end of the regular season. Um, but I don't know. that's definitely something that can yeah. come up this year in the owners' meeting for sure. Just more ironing out that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, so at the end of the last uh, episode, or after we released it, Shane mentioned he had opinions about his team needs. And I would love yeah, I to hear your opinion, I forget Shane. What I said. First on what we were wrong on. I know they were all right, but I got to remember what I said. <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking at mine. <laughs> so, Seth, As, you said quarterback, running back, tight, tight end, end, I believe. Yes. Yeah, Max, those were my you three. said quarterback, running back. Mm-mm. No, no, no. You said, you said running back, tight end, D-line. Yep. Yeah, because Max yeah. was in love with giving everybody D-line. I was in love with giving everybody quarterback. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, I actually I forgot to look up where Smith finished, but Smith. I Zadaria Smith. Okay, God, there's all right. There's so many yeah. Smiths. Yeah. <laughs> many know. Smiths. Like, why do you care about Roquan? <laughs> the Smith? most generic name. <laughs> so I think I agree with running back. Running back, I think, is my top need. That's what I'm probably going to focus on. 
because yeah, I have Cook, and who the fuck knows what ha- will happen with Gordon and you know. Gurley, I think, is dead. So um, <laughs> that's definitely a top need. Tight end, I agree that it's a need, but it's it's tough to say tight end is a need for a team, especially when they have a top five tight end. Because, like, what, where are you going to go? How, what are you going to do to fill that need? Tight end's already a shit position, so how are you going to find uh, that depth when it's already so variable? But that being said, I think you guys you brought up good points. Like, yeah, Kittle got injured more this year, and you know I had a revolving door behind him. Mo Ali Cox, I'm very disappointed, Seth, that you didn't know that name. I guarantee like, <laughs> he got like five or six touchdowns in like the first ten weeks, and then or like eight weeks or something stupid, and then did absolutely nothing the rest of the year. I Dude, just honestly face. kind of forgot the Colts were like a team this year half the time. <laughs> like, oh yeah, Rivers isn't retired. There's a team that is on. Dude, there's people in the fantasy community that absolutely loved Mo Alley Cox. He should, I need to get that sound bit from like I mean there's probably some legal rights about that. But that for the one podcast I listened to uses for him. And they just it's just this old timey tune yelling gigantor in the background. <laughs> um and then D line. Uh I think Max, you did bring up a good point with like Donald scoring. But like between him and Smith, I feel like they're both relatively studs at the position. I think the nature of defensive end or defensive tackle, you're not going to get a ton of players that are super consistent. And, you know, someone's obviously going to fact check this and uh, go point out all eight players that have been consistent all year that I didn't know about. Um, (laughs) But my guess is that that position, it likely you're not going to get that amount of consistency and so i feel pretty comfortable with those two and then just kind of trying to you know i'm gonna get depth there but i it's not like a top priority i actually think safety and corner is uh because chin as good as he was was really only good for like the second half of the year so like is he gonna be good next year i hope because he was a freaking beast towards the end of the year um but that's that's it. I mean, then you look at Chuck Clark, and he did the same thing that Donald was doing. Like he had games where he was great, and he had games where he sucked. Like he was going back and forth. And then I had no one else. Edmonds, I think, was like very middling to below average. I think he's probably a better real life player than a fantasy player. But like he was usually good for I don't know four or five tackles probably when I threw him in. But like I think I need a, a true stud at that position. Hopefully Chin's that person. But I, th- I think you have it. I think you had it flipped there, by the way. I think the first half of the year, I'm looking at Chin right now, and like his scoring at least was way better, like weeks one through eight. I mean, he had the one freaking I remember watching this game. I think it was Oh, the, he had like forty points or something. Yeah, he had thirty six against yeah. Minnesota week twelve. I mean, like if you like do like a dead at like a dead split in the season um like the second half he had that 36 point game a 20.25 point game and a 10 and a half point game but the other ones are all single digits and then like weeks one through one through eight he has all double digits except week two and four and week four he missed it by 0.25 so like he's i think yeah i think he's your stud for sure um i don't I think he can be. I, yeah. I really, 
I hate how quickly the fantasy football community is to label someone a stud. Yeah. In yeah. One year. Like he, yeah. he's, he was a rookie, right? Like he did it for one year. Who knows if he's going to be able to repeat it? I hope, I really hope he can because yeah. I absolutely need him to. But I mean, Honestly, you I'm have you over Mahomes because Herbert's going to be. Great <laughs> <laughs> well, saying it's funny you say that because you have the other person who is the epitome of like the vice, like vice versa, what you just said with like Keanu Neal. The first year, he was an absolute stud and like got that label. And unfortunately, he had just had terrible luck with injuries. He got the injury bug right after that back-to-back seasons. Um, and I mean, he's solid this year too. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think honestly for me, defensive back was kind of hard just to rank because like I don't know, some of it, so much of it for me personally was like name recognition. And uh, so it was like, I looked at your team. I was like, I know those three guys and the guys on your bench. They're probably pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> In-depth analysis. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just hard because I feel like what you were saying about D-line is super true for defensive back too. <laughs> Where like there's a couple of those guys that are just complete studs and you can trust year in and year out. Um yeah, I think we're uh, like when I was looking at D line, like (laughs) I think that was the third thing I put. So like I'm at like the league champ looking for a third team need. Like I'm just looking for a dart throw at this point. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I like, get that's hard. Like I think Smith is good, and Donald's obviously gonna have his moments. And yeah, your team was hard. It got it definitely got harder as you go down the standings, which shocking. But shameless plug though. Come trade, boys. Come trade. <laughs> Tried to do this last off season, yeah. and I wound up with a championship. So. <laughs> Maybe maybe Seth and I kickstarted something today. Maybe people's brains are turning again. Maybe I've got some uh, m- the end of their prime to going into their twilight years. Players that can help you guys win some championships. Come get them. Shane doesn't want to Shane, win anymore. Shane wants to fully blow it up. Yeah. I can feel it. Hey, <laughs> I took advantage of the redraft to do that, and it's been fun. Let me tell you what. <laughs> it is a fun. It's sometimes you get a really Quick turnaround. Who knows? If you hit on a few guys, they just ascend your team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, since we have Mr. Champ here, uh, interview question. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah. Actually, the question is just boo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your approach for this season? So, after the redraft happened, like, were you, or I guess going into the redraft, probably looking at, at your team, were you planning to, like, try to go for the championship? I mean, yeah, <laughs> That's I, I like, <laughs> I, I really wanted to do what you did and just like start trading off players, like, especially, you know, like Gurley, he was already on the downward swing, but like you didn't at the time he got traded, like maybe he was going to get some more value uh, with the Falcons and kind of bring it back up or maybe he was just going to tank. So like, I kind of wanted to get away from that. Um, you know, Evans, there was all the talk with Godwin at the end of last year. Like he lost a lot of value with that. I kind of wanted to get off of him. Then, you know, he ended up doing well this year. Gurley did not, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, you know, once I realized that like no one, either they weren't expressing interest or they really weren't interested, uh, no one was coming to buy. I was like, well, 
then I got to figure out how I can make sure my team is ready for a championship run. And running back was the biggest need. Uh, so that's why I ended up trading for Gordon. I like, I still, I don't know. I think I, I'm a little biased with how much I don't like Lindsay and I really don't have an explanation for why, but he always just, he's just striked me as that person. He's going to like do, he's going to be a much better NFL player than a fantasy player. Mm. Um, and I think that kind of happened this year. Once they brought in Gordon, he became their kind of, they split 50 50 Gordon kind of took over some towards the end of the year. Um, but he didn't really have enough in him to keep the starting role or be the starter. And so I thought there was some opportunity with Gordon going there and he did it. He did decent. I think I played him a couple games, um, but that was the biggest focus for me last year. And then defense safety was a focus. That's why I ended up drafting chin uh, mostly because he was, uh, I had read reports that he was going to be used as the linebacker and he still had the safety designation. Yep, that's <laughs> that double so big. It was, that is on, like, we could do a whole segment on that. I feel like that's true. I felt like it was cheating playing TJ Watt a D line all year. Like, that's I why like, I loved having, uh, Bradley Chubb before the redraft. Thanks. You could throw him on the D line. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah. That's that dude. That double designation can see. I was who was it? Freaking Kaiser White was a guy I was riding with a lot for the beginning of the year. It was one of the Chargers linebackers went down, and this guy I think he's like out of West Virginia came in as a safety, but was playing around linebacker and like had that designation and was getting like seventy to eighty snaps a game and just all around the ball. It was just it just felt like cheating, but it's so huge. That's what um, I think. That's what Smith is too. Uh, like Chubb, he's he's like their edge rusher, or whatever. But he and he has dual eligibility, so I am able to play him at like defensive tackle or defensive line. Yeah, I wonder if edge will ever become a position that we can actually set. So that could be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. Because I feel like, especially in the real NFL, it's kind of turning into that. Like you just see guys getting drafted; they're just designated as edge not really so hard too like i don't i don't have anything to really speak to it too but like my gut feeling is that like now you see guys getting moved around way more around the defense than you had ever seen before i feel like you watch older games and stuff or at least even games from like earlier in our childhood like there is guys just stay in their spot and they're gonna dominate from that or just get shut not get shut down, but like you don't see guys getting like rotated around as much as they do now. Like, I mean, Donald's a special case, but like they put him all over the D line or some linebackers will drop back and, um, or D line will drop back and playing coverage and freaking Jamal Adams. You've seen the, the counts where he plays all over the defense. He logged like snaps at every possible position almost except like defensive tackle. So like it's, it's crazy. It's, I think it's completely changed IDP too. Yeah, for sure. I feel like you almost have to do – it's not good enough anymore just to look at the position and be like, that's where it'll go. You need to look at – you actually have to do like scouting for defense now and see yeah. how versatile the position the player actually is. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that was the big thing with like 
Mac too, is he was a linebacker slash DL. So like he was already a stud linebacker. And then you just throw him on the defensive line. You just have the number one defensive lineman, especially <laughs> when he was on the Raiders. Yeah. To end up the episode today, uh, along with having our first guest, we're going to start a new, I guess it'll be a 10 episode segment to go through everybody. Yes. Uh, to the moon. <laughs> to uh, the moon. This segment will be, we pick one team and kind of go in depth a bit and figure out trades and moves to, that that team would need to make to do a championship run next year. Uh, Max, do you want to talk about who we're going to go with first? Yes. So first team we're going to roll with is none other than Mr. Frank Lucas. Um, no longer in the group chat, Jamie, but we'll bring him back. Um I personally feel like Jamie's team has been on the cusp of like just exploding. Maybe I'm just like infatuated with some of his players more than uh, like other people are, but like I, I think he's got some really good guys that just have had some bad breaks over the past year and like a couple moves. I think he could be right up at the top. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think he's a fun first one to dig into not least of which is because he's probably one of the easier ones to try to make this happen for out of the guys mm-hmm. we have. Um, um, I think, I mean, one, him landing that Herbert trade was huge. Like, I mean, I think it just further solidifies him for this scenario. Um, and like, I think better than anybody in the league, he's solidified some really good running back depth to build off of. Um, so I'm just kind of rolling with it. Feel free to jump in whenever you want. But I think utilizing one of those running backs, like it, you'd have to find the right one to capitalize on and like find. I, I mean, I, I think you could find a buyer for some of the running back that he has and getting like a stud second quarterback because unless you think highly of Jared Goff in Detroit or I mean, Baker is fine, but I think to get him to that next level, he needs an, an absolute stud to go with Herbert too. I'm just looking at quarterback to begin with, but I think utilizing one of those guys to get him a good quarterback would be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, so it's just a matter of finding him a trade partner. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Jen. <clears throat> um, yeah, I you know. I think that's kind of like spot on. So like running back is his highest value position, I think. And, you know, he has a couple guys that he are probably going to be more valuable to him than what he's going to get back in a trade. But if he can kind of swallow that pill and deal either Henry or McCaffrey, he could get, a either good like middle of the road to top of the middle quarterback plus a wide receiver because i think he also could use a more consistent wide receiver or he could use that to really get a top end position person at either of those positions uh, and he would still have the depth to really not take much of a hit what do you think everyone everyone needs running backs so (laughs) there's got to be someone that like 
I don't know. It's, I, it's like gotta, it's not trying to uh, p- plug a uh, trade in, but like <laughs> I knew it. Trade uh, wants to use the segment as an excuse to start a trade. <laughs> he could really help kickstart uh, <laughs> kickstart what I'm trying to do. Although I guess I, I wouldn't really be rebuilding necessarily, but I would absolutely love to get a hold of one of those two running backs. So that's I, I, you were the first person I thought of too. But like the thing is. If he wants to get one of those really solid quarterbacks, if that's the position we're targeting in this scenario, from you, it's it's Kyler. Like, I mean, like it depends what your opinions are on Cousins and like the other guys. We have we just don't know yet, um, and there's not much to go off of that says that they're going to be super highly valuable quarterback twos right now. Um, so that's the tough part. I don't know if you had a different position in mind to target for Jamie in return other than quarterback, though. So I was actually no, going to take a yeah, different sorry. tactic. No, you're good. And if I was Jamie, I would consider trying to get into the top three of this draft. Um, Ooh. Because, like, I think you can trust Baker slash uh, Goff to be a QB, too. Um, not necessarily every week. Um, but in terms of preserving team, um, as much as possible while trying to jump up there, like a home run shot, right? Like, I mean, if he could, I don't want to say Trevor Lawrence, cause I think like the thing for me is I too desperately in quarterback that I don't think I would give up. I would give away Trevor Lawrence, but like, um, Kyle, for example, I pick three, I don't think. I think just getting more assets would help out Kyle's team way more than having either uh, Fields or uh, blanking on his name, Mormon guy. Uh, um, Wilson? Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. I think. Mormon guy. <laughs> yeah. I think having more assets is more valuable to Kyle at this point than that. Um, and like David Wilson or Justin Fields could absolutely be in positions to immediately Zach be successful. Wilson? Zach Wilson. Yeah. David Wilson, oof. Yeah, uh, he come back. I, miss it. <laughs> uh, I think that could be like that potential home run shot to help out Jamie a lot. And I think that'd be cheaper for him than trying to go for a top quarterback. Um, it's almost like uh, Jamie would have to give up, in my opinion, to get the third. Jamie would probably have to give up the second round pick this year and like next year's first and probably a player on top maybe um but if we're like talking about like shooting for a championship this year i could see that being worth it so i actually just thought of this because uh, i was looking at his team i kind of agree with your thought on the quarterbacks like i think it would be better if he could get a stud quarterback but he can probably roll with herbert mayfield and goff he has a couple guys on IR that are going to come back and produce for him. Collins and Bush being the two most noteworthy. Mm-hmm. But like outside of Bush, he doesn't really have a lot of great options at linebacker either. So like, at least speaking to me specifically, I mean, he wouldn't necessarily have to get a quarterback from me. But like, we could definitely work out a trade with my linebackers and wide receivers where he can get a consistent wide receiver from me and a top of the line linebacker 
Yeah. Um, and that could also do well for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, you guys could make a really interesting trade with kind of me receiver and linebacker is definitely your strong suit for your team, Shane. And I like <sighs> DJ Moore is so fascinating to me on his team. He was like a fantasy darling coming into this year. Everybody loved him. He was supposed to be the big breakout this year. And then Bridgewater kind of killed some of that or more. I, I didn't pay close. I think it's more McCaffrey him. getting hurt. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's also true. Because like I think I think a Bridgewater experiment would be more successful if McCaffrey was there, just by virtue of teams would have to pay attention to something other than trying to make Bridgewater win the game. So I mean, like his so like in even like now that I'm thinking about it more, like his his team scenario could be way different too. I mean, like Kenny Galladay was another guy like in the same like realm as DJ Moore. Like Galladay was a, a stud last year, and like he couldn't get rid of the injury bug um this year and like i know he's a free agent this year and there's a lot of people that are going to be interested in him so like landing spot and good health could like shoot him right back up to that elite status that he was gunning for and then all of a sudden if things roll the right way for more he's got more on galladay in there um as his receiver is and who knows juju's gonna probably be gone too like there's a lot of potential turnover for Jamie's team that could flip things. But like, I think either way linebacker is becoming a pressing need for him. And I mean, Shane and I are definitely hoping Bush comes back healthy, ready to play. Absolutely. He will. No doubt. Um, But yeah, uh, that'd be good. Another, I think position that would help him a lot and not have to give up as much capital would be tight end. Yeah, um, dude, he yeah. he's been he's been trying so hard for tight end. Yeah, like I would I would honestly probably target Hurst or Waller from Thomas. Um Kelsey would be hard to give up just because he has the 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 god triangle of Mahomes, uh Kelsey <laughs> and Hill. Yeah. Um and I I wouldn't give that up either just because like that's just gonna net you so it's too many fun. points. Yeah. Um but like targeting Waller or Hurst, um especially with Matt Ryan coming back, at least this year. Uh, I like Hurst quite a bit. Um, but either of those two would be an immediate, in my opinion, major upgrade over his current tight end core. And then also he could free up roster space because he wouldn't need to rotate out six tight ends or whatever. He has. <laughs> yeah. um, and I don't think lot- he'd have to give up as much to get one of those tight ends. Yeah. Not nearly as much. There's a lot of... I feel like mid lane tight ends he could go for, and I'll shamelessly throw a plug in for myself here too. Um, Because <laughs> I, I know he's uh, he's a free agent this year too. They tagged him last year, but Hunter Henry, um, he was, I mean, if he wants, to, if he goes back to LA and he wants that Herbert Henry connection, um, he could have that. But like, I mean, I, I remember from watching this year, like, Henry was getting like peppered with targets every game once Herbert came in. Um, and like finally, Henry had some good fortune with health this year. And I mean, who knows? it depends on landing spot too, but I feel like he's another guy that's not going to cost as much, but you can get pretty reliable production out of and kind of take out that madness of rotation you got going on. Yeah. Like I'd probably, I'd probably try to find out how much more than like, a third and a fourth this year that, that like T.O. or you would want. Because like for a backup tight end, or I guess a backup tight end for you guys. 
Um, just because, like, I don't see that third round and fourth round being all that valuable to Jamie right now. Um, or honestly, I mean, using the second. I mean, the other option, too, is hoping Kyle Pitts drops to that second. And yeah. you draft him there. Because tight end, uh, speaking to the rookie class, like, I know Pitts and I know Frymuth. And then after that, I don't know anything else that's in this class for tight end. Um, yeah. So I think it's like very, very top heavy. Um, so unless he's got some insider knowledge on his boy, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bryson Hopkins. There we go. He was so excited to get him last year, that Purdue kid. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I. He's got so much to work with. He could absolutely make something happen and not have to overpay if he wanted to. Yeah, I mean, his team, honestly, like getting Collins and Bush back, because uh, just looking into it more, like he definitely could use more help at defensive back. I think anyone really could. Uh, I guess he has Hill, though. I didn't see Hill. I mean, Harrison Smith's a stud. Isn't he like. Uh, he was much better than I thought. Okay, never mind. Harrison Smith has been like one of those under the radar guys for his whole career. Okay, well, he gets Collins back to even bolster that more, so never mind. But he definitely <laughs> gets Bush back to help with the linebackers. Um so like he really he doesn't need to make too many moves. I think he's close. I I do think I think if he got a top five top three quarterback that could potentially put him over if he was able to get a top five wide receiver that could probably put him over uh tight end i think that's going to be tougher you know he's for the most part you're either going to have to pay a lot to get the known quantity like even if he went after waller i think he's still gonna have to pay a decent amount and then, like, beyond that, you don't know really what you're getting, uh, I think, for the most part. So I don't know. Like, that position is going to be tough for him to upgrade. I think that's probably – he should probably address that mid-season. That's probably the best move for him, unless he finds good value, like, around draft time with someone trying to, like, trade up or whatever. But I would say if he gets a top-five wide receiver, a top-five quarterback, or a top-five linebacker, that puts him in championship contention in my mind. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm looking at it up top to the bottom. Yeah, his there's so much potential change for his team looking at it. It's it's very interesting. And like he could even go like if he traded with Kyle, like he could go get Levante David for like probably not a ton and he was like a borderline top 10 linebacker so that just gives him more depth with bush coming back like that could even be enough to potentially put him over or he or could pry tremaine edmonds from him yeah that's what i was gonna say edmonds is a stud too like he yeah i think i think jamie's in one of those cases where i think a lot of people other than shane really have been pretty poor at it in this league i guess i'll say not poor, but the way people hold on to their draft picks when they're trying yeah. to compete, I think, in general, is kind of a mistake in this league. 
Hey, um, I came into this so far for this upcoming draft with one draft pick. Up and I have two draft just, picks right now. You're bad at trading, though. That's the difference. Whoa. <laughs> you shut your mouth. I will not tolerate this slander. Uh, but I think I think there are a good amount of teams that like worry too much about the potential of who they could draft. And like I think Jamie's in one of those spots where he should absolutely try to maximize the team he has now and probably give up his draft capital if he can for the next year or two. Yeah. yeah. I don't need, like if he needs to give it up to make a trade happen, he should, in my opinion. Honestly, yeah. like the those like top five guys at like the positions he need, he needs good grammar, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like they're all young too, so like even if he gives up that capital, he's gonna have them for a while. And like with the rest of the pieces on his team, that puts him at top contention for at least two or three years, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I guess because I kind of like to harp on that point a bit. Uh, and other Dynasty League, I mean, I very much have learned the value of just giving up your picks to try to compete because I've been kind of just bleeding away all my draft picks to get players here and there to bolster the team. But I think it works. Yeah, um, it does. I, I I can't remember everything that was done, but like that was essentially the same thing I did with um, the year but. Going into the year that I won the championship, I got like um it was the year I traded for Saquon. Like I don't know if there's as much as me of like investing all my picks. I think I was like it was a combination of those and like some players I really liked. But like I felt like I felt like I was at like a similar spot where like you're at that cost. But like I think I was trying to maximize this window I had of AJ Green, Julio, and A B in Pittsburgh. Like I knew I that wasn't gonna live forever. So like I had to get the most out of this window that I could, and like it, it works. It just you, there's just a little bit of luck involved, and like I think people overestimate the amount of times some of these picks actually end up hitting. I really wish I could find a tweet I found from last year of like the odds of like um, each pick like landing like a top top tier position player at each spot, um, but like it's nowhere near as high as you would think it would be yeah i think a lot of people honestly well not a lot of people anymore because because we've lost players but like the first year aaron came in he made a couple trades for picks and then he got like kamara in the second and like really hit on some stuff and i think for some people that's just really stuck in their head like and i mean you have like just yeah. like there is that one or two guys that will show up but yeah. i don't think it's worth doing that and giving up more of a sure thing I feel um, like we're trying to parent all these kids. Yeah, <laughs> guys, give me your picks is what I'm trying to say. I, I need I mean, more. I think this is a good topic, though. We're kind yeah. of transitioning away from talking about what Jamie needs to do. <laughs> I, but... I, think we, I think we got all the juice out of that that we could. <laughs> but, like, right, so I, from what I have felt in the beginning of Dynasty, from what I remember, like, you know, when you're first starting out, it's like, oh, my God, picks. It's amazing. <laughs> they can be anything. Like, I want them yeah. all. Give them to me. Yeah. And, like, not, like you still have that, right? It's it's hard to go away from that thought process yeah. because that's just the nature of football and the nature of fantasy football specifically. But with that being said, when you have a team – and Jamie really is, like, a very ideal case. There are definitely some that are in this middle ground – 
that are probably on the back half of the middle ground and not the front half. And they shouldn't really go all in quite yet. But when you're, when you're where Jamie is and it's, it takes potentially one move to put you over the edge. That is so worth doing because a, you know, money, right. (laughs) You're going to (laughs) win 200 some dollars if you win the championship and like, yeah, that's awesome. You want the money, you want the glory of winning, but like B, you know, if you keep trying to prolong your window, I really think you're going to most more often than not just hurt yourself. Cause like you're, you guys have already been alluding to, you know, the chance of you hitting on a, a top player with these picks isn't the best. So you're probably just going to keep getting these middle of the road players that aren't necessarily going to put you over the edge, but they're not going to make you bad enough to get a better pick in the future. And so you're just going to keep sitting in no man's land, hoping you're going to hit on a pick in the future to put you over the edge. Yeah, that's why like I chose to blow it up just because I was like assessing my team and I was like, I had a couple studs like Adams Johnson when he was younger and some others, but it was like not enough that I could see myself more than like 50% beating uh, Max Shane Thomas. And so I was like, I could try to just kind of hang in this maybe, maybe not kind of thing, or I could just blow it up wait for y'all's windows to go away and position myself to where I can start giving up picks when the players I have and the stubs I find are start aging up and can really carry me. It's like, it's different from like the real NFL where there's, you have players like teams that are okay with just making the playoffs. Cause like they get money for making the playoffs. But like for yeah. us, it's like you get money when you are top three and you only really get money when you win. So like, you yep. There's no, there's no success story for like, yeah, I've made the playoffs year in and year out. This is like, yeah. great, good job. Yeah. But, <laughs> let's brag. Yeah. So I think it's, I think dynasty is very much about timing your windows. And when you're in that window, it's like, who really cares if you have picks at that point? Yeah. Another thing that's interesting uh, with like along the same lines is I don't. I would love to know how many trades were made in season, but we, we don't have a trade deadline, correct? Correct. Correct. So, I have a feeling that somewhere by the time you know week eight ish rolls around, you know people are kind of figuring out their place. They know if they're going to be in the playoffs or not, but like the ones that are borderline i feel like the past few years have not really done much to really put them over the edge they just kind of rode out the rest of the season to um hope they get in which is fine but i feel like that's another scenario right where like if you think you have enough like make a move fill that last spot that you think you need or if you don't then like you have championship ready teams that are already in place to make that run that likely needs something additional. And you should be like hammering them, like texting them, trying to make a trade happen uh, just to get more value back out of your players. And I, I don't know, I would, I would have to look back and confirm, but I feel like uh, towards the middle to end of the season, we definitely see a lot less activity in our league. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. It definitely, I think it heats up a lot around draft time, especially during the draft oh, yeah. and then just kind of, almost immediately like falls off a cliff in terms of activity. We had a lot of trading last draft. I remember that. I mean, I think Jordan was like half of them. 
like loading up on picks for this year. He's going to be picking like every other pick for this year. Yeah. Um, thanks for being our first guest, Shane. Yeah, thanks so, for having me. This was fun. It was, it was middling successful. <laughs> not the best, not the worst. Ouch. <laughs> Champion can't even bring more than middling success. <laughs> How ironic. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to episode three. I think we'll do like maybe one more episode before mock draft time. Um, or maybe we'll start it up next episode. We still have to talk about it, I think. Yeah, we got it. It's a weird time window now, especially without the combine happening this year. So, yeah, we may readdress and wait till like after the combine, but before the actual draft. Although there's not really a combine, so I don't know. I don't know. Well, yeah, we can figure it out. You guys don't have uh, you don't have personal contacts that you can go watch individual workouts and assess these guys. Well, I'm Facetime with Shefty after this. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, it sounds like we got people wanting to get in on that too. So like yeah. we can find topics to, for people to jump in on. That's true. Shane, it was fun. Talk to you later, bud. Thanks for having me. Uh, everyone come trade with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Max, let us out. That's football. See you boys. Bye everybody. Bye.